welcome everyone to the That's Rich podcast, a podcast about wealthy people uh, from history and the weird things that they do with their money. Um, each week we're going to be, well, week is generous, uh, we're going to be looking at a different rich person from history and something weird or eccentric uh, that they spent their money on uh, and just evaluating their general vibe. Uh, I'm Rory Kelly. And I'm Daniel McKeown, who is also here. <laughs> <laughs> That was that too long? No, it was just because I was going to jump in like, hello! You and I was like, you was like, oh, but you're actually nailing it. Like, you really... Because before we really, like, in the, if you listen to our first episode, you'll know we weren't very good at... <laughs> I wasn't very good at summarizing it. We jumped around a lot. No, it was you, good. You, it was you good. bossed that. It was good. Yeah. No, we're grand. We're doing um, fine. Yeah, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, I'm excited for the, for the, for the podcast today. I mm. wanted to ask you a question before we're going. Sure, forward. please. Last time you started yeah. asking me a question. I was going to ask... Um, do you ever feel uh, out of step with, like, modern life? Do you ever feel, like, you know, just in general, in any way, like, you don't, um, like you don't get what's going on? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, I do a bit. No, I like, uh, there's certain stuff I don't get. I was like, I just don't know. People, like, or someone will, yeah. Any particular ways, or? Um, I was going to say it was a super old man thing, but I think whenever I I've see kind of asked you an old man how question. many times, how many, how much my brother, te- my younger brother texts through Snapchat and keeps up long conversations on Snapchat and Instagram, because that's just something I do not understand. I don't have the um, It's often with news stuff, though, not going to lie. We're trying to keep up with uh, that, that sort of thing. The current times we live yeah. in. Yeah, those are riveting. Me is definitely... Um, when I watch TikTok, when I when, oh. when I sit down when I get into my comfy clothes and pour myself a <laughs> hot cup of hot chocolate and Did watch get... three hours of TikTok, Did you video. get it up on the TV. I yeah, I put it up on the sky. I have a projector. I be like Christopher Nolan. I get them all on millimeter print. And What's like... weird for me about TikTok is remembering Vine, and now there's this super marketable, sellable Vine. Yeah, yeah. and it's like these are funny and these are good. Some of them, but some of them are just bonkers. Yeah, and I just don't. Yeah, no, that is fully. Um, and they're so fast as well, so, like, the energy will be, like, some kid will come on and, like, scream something at a frequency <laughs> I can't hear. And then yeah. a really aggressive remix of a song that either came out five minutes ago or, like, a hundred years ago will play. It's, yeah. like, honest to God, I've seen, I've seen, you know, like, obviously the Lil Nas X one was a big one. Uh, songs from anime, mm-hmm. Camp Town Races was in one. Of those. <laughs> like that's the new meme. Wow. I don't. I don't. Real it. spectrum. I know. Like I can't handle. It. And that is that. I think is the appeal of Old Town Road. You want to hear something? You want to hear something that will uh, keep feel make you feel more out of step? Mm. Is that many, uh, many um, uh, record labels are like monitoring TikTok artists to see which is going to be the next big one, and they're like streamlining it of like we got to pluck it out next guy how left behind do you feel i feel completely left behind i mean i i remember when like people our age were posting you know like acoustic covers of of Mm, casey perry songs on youtube and now it's like you know uh ball liquor 84 i think he's 84 is wrong 2006 (laughs) i think he he is a record dealer like, yeah, but he does. Just, yeah, it's great. And, he's, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> and it's my karaoke I'm, song. It's great. It's like, yeah. Um, there is a yeah, way. Piss thing. on me. <laughs> Feet. Two chains is my yeah, favorite. Two chains new hopped song. on. Chris Rock is in the video. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird. It's cool. It's like you. Um, it just. Everything becomes so uh, not packaged, but also packaged, done, and beyond it. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the next level of it. Like, yeah, it's a whole thing. Why do you mention it, Ross? Well, I mentioned it <laughs> because uh, the character we're looking at today is okay. a man named Sir George Sitwell. 
Okay. He was an English aristocrat, politician, uh, inventor, writer, uh, born in 1860, and he died in 1943. Okay. So he lived a long-ass life yeah. and saw a lot of stuff. You were born deep into the Victorian age, mm -hmm. and you die in the middle of World War II. That's bonkers. That is it. You have seen more change than anyone. And, and yet still seems... blown away by the autocars. <laughs> <laughs> still like, whoa. You this kidding me? Fucking dope. I love it. Um, I think one of the themes of George Sitwell's life is that he didn't adjust particularly well to the modern world. Okay. And, and that seems to be a thing that everyone around him said. Um, so Sitwell came from an extremely wealthy family. Uh, who made their funny in the s made their made their funnies <laughs> made their funnies by ripping the shit out of George, who just didn't get anything. <laughs> they made their, they like, got their yucks. He's like, <laughs> George, they invented the telegram, the telegraph, the, whatever that thing, the tappy tappy, tappy <laughs> tappy, and that's what he called it. He was like, "What is it? Tappy tappy tappy, tappy tappy." Um, hey George, do you even know what this is? You freak. <laughs> We're talking so about he's you. in pigeons, you idiot. Okay, so the Sitwells made their fortune uh, mm -hmm. in the 16th and 17th century. Uh, from land owning and iron making, they made a lot of products with iron, like nails and saws. Okay. So there was money in. Uh, and they uh, became fabulously wealthy, and they built themselves uh, Renishaw Hall, which is one of the most... Uh, the best examples of one of these absurd gothic Is this mansions. in England? Sorry. This is in England. So this is this takes place uh, all in England. This is in the north of England. Um, it actually became the basis of Ragby Hall, which is the uh, thing in D.H. Lawrence's uh, Lady Chatterley Lover. Which oh, is be, the which sexy is, book. The sexy book. The book, where, the book that's really horny for social change. <laughs> <laughs> it is a... It is joking. Didn't that book, just on a side note, sorry, didn't that no? book get a bit of a... It was like really controversial. It was insane. Sexy. It was literally banned, and then yeah. it had to be unbanned. But it was it was so hot. But then I haven't <laughs> read it now. But I can only assume it's actually super Man, they tame. Could and not, it's like yeah, they would not be able to comprehend the horniness of this generation. No, we've we've well and truly surpassed. Oh my God, Lady Chatterley's lover. Mm. But yeah, so okay. uh, George Sitwell's father, Sitwell Sitwell. Come on. Yeah, I know. I fucking <laughs> hate the English aristocracy. Is that like Sitwell? Sit well, sit well. No, his name is Sitwell Sitwell. Sit well by name. Sitwell by nature. <laughs> Boy, do I sit well. This is so fucking good. Are there any pictures of him or paintings? I do not that I well. know of sitting down. No, he refused to sit. <laughs> he had crippling hemorrhoids. He was like, do it. Do sit well. Do the, do do the, the thing. bit. Like, fuck you. No, so Sitwell Sitwell uh, also held a huge uh, party in 1808 uh, for the Prince of Wales and managed, managed to get a baronetcy. Baronetcy? Bar he, got, he was made a baron. Oh, sick. Nice, um, okay. Which is fucking tight. Uh, Man, was it that good a party? Like, yeah, I know. Really imagine. Slapped, can yeah. you fucking imagine earning yourself a royal title? Prince uh, of Wales definitely, he definitely said, like, you can have any woman you want. <laughs> He was like, "Cool, you are a baron." <laughs> Surely, like I feel like that happened all the time. Like I don't definitely, absolutely weird trades for like you can have all the opium fields in Afghanistan. <laughs> like you get to call yourself Lord Bumbledink. Mm. Um, uh, so uh, George Sitwell was born into this family, and from a very early age, he was deeply eccentric. Mm -hmm. uh, a famous anecdote has him turning to a woman on the train uh, at, when he was four years old. And saying, oh. I am Sir George Sitwell, baronet. I am four years old and the youngest baronet in England. Which definitely has the energy of like when eight year olds on TikTok are like, 
I got stacks, ho. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You small child. I really like Congrats. this TikTok theme. I'm not going to lie. I'm obsessed, obviously. Man, if a kid said that to me... <laughs> Or something similar, I'd be like, wow. <laughs> you fu- so well fucking cool. done. <laughs> yeah, apparently he was um, a very strange child. Uh, when he was 20, which I guess isn't a child anymore, when he was a young man, uh, he had... <laughs> well... <laughs> he had a weird encounter with um, the medium uh, Florence Cook, who was like one of the biggest mediums at the time. Um, and during mm. a seance, he apparently uh, noticed the manifest spirit of a woman called... Marie, I have no fucking idea how he knew her name, um, and noticing this, he tried to pin down the spirit, uh, oh. which turned out to be uh, Miss Florence Cook, the medium. Oh. So he just attacked the medium. But also she was, so the thing, the reason he thought it was a spirit was because she was all in white, and apparently she was wearing only her underwear, <laughs> which is why he thought it was... Yeah, I just, I'm just greasing, it's like, I sense a spirit, and like, I see her! And he's like, no, that was me. <laughs> it was me, I was talking to you. We shook hands. <laughs> Yeah, attacking and the seance—that's the leader of the of the event as well. Mm-hmm. That's like such a weird way to dis. To, bad, 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 bad. Yeah, what an idiot. Total nut job. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that didn't stop him. Become, he was twenty then. So he was twenty like... years old, and five years later he became a member of parliament. Uh, uh, and then a year later he married his wife, uh, Lady Ida Denison, uh, who was only seventeen at the time, which okay. is a weird bit of it because I think she was married off to him. And she originally totally ran away from the house. Um, and she was returned there, and they had wow, a very... yikes. Yeah, yikey, yikes-worthy, unhappy marriage. That was like, um, that's like finding out... <laughs> finding a couple met at a club. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I'm sure <laughs> it's fine. Be... Oh, great, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine Lots now. of people these days, right? Right? I think so, Tinder especially. I can be happy for yeah. him. No, I'm, I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm trying to justify it to... <laughs> No sincerity all the way. No jokes. No no long form bits. Um, um, I'm sure it's fine now. Yeah, I'm sure they figured it right, out. Yeah. So they had a deeply unhappy marriage, which we will talk about more as it Love goes that. on. Love um, that for that. Yeah, <laughs> always good. All English aristocrats specialised in that. Um, uh, he lost his parliamentary seat twice. Uh, because he wasn't very good at politics. He wrote a whole book about politics. What, was there reasons both times, or was it just no, not I mean, getting voted in? Yeah, just it? not getting voted in. It wasn't a particularly safe seat, and he wasn't particularly good at politics. Um, and he gave up politics after that uh, and turned to his weirder pursuits, which is part of what we're here to talk about oh, today. So, yes, <laughs> yes. so first of all, uh, he was a writer, but he was a fucking shit and weird <laughs> writer. Like, he couldn't finish anything, so he tried to write a... a a Oof. history of his family. Yeah, okay. This is we're not adding you, creative professionals. Um, he tried to write a history of his family uh, tree and and the lineage that he came from. But okay, he keep getting sidetracked. So he he wrote. This is just some of the books. Okay, I'm ex- okay. Wool gathering in in medieval times and since. Uh, <laughs> domestic manners in Sheffield in the year 1250. That's a single year. Okay, in Sheffield. Acorns as an article of the medieval diet. Uh, the heirs of modern parrot, parents, which is like, go off, I guess. Fine. Is this even a cohesive story? These are just like... totally different random books. Uh, and then my two favorites are The History of the Cold, I believe oh. the disease. Uh, <laughs> <and> the... <laughs> the temperature, you mean. That's <laughs> true. And ice is cold, and the sea is cold, like the... and outside is cold sometimes. <laughs> and... And Our knowledge of the cold. cold goes back way, way back, way, way back uh, to the first brr. 
measuring this as burr per second. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so Daniel Jeffrey Burr. <laughs> um, and uh, the history of the fork, which I assumed nice. was a history of food, but no, uh, literally about forks. Uh, and he was known to be spent, he spent hours in the Victorian Albert Museum examining old cabinets and tables and forks from the past. And he claimed to say on multiple occasions that he regretted that he wasn't there to offer his <laughs> advice to the people who made these forks. <laughs> Which is the most deeply oh cursed I was born in the wrong generation ever. That's ever. so funny though. He was like, listen, this is, oh God, who did this? Who did this? this the prongs are all over the place. I swear to Christ. God's sake. Oh, Matt is like, let me tell you, if I was there, if I was there, I would not let that fly. None of this, none I swear of this to God. Fly. Not under my watch. <laughs> um, that is so funny. I don't know why that, oh man, bless him. God that bless seem, him. That seemed to be a strong part of his uh, deeply weird uh, personality. Uh, mm-hmm. One of his biographers, Victoria Glending, said that he did not like real life because it disrupted his inner reverie of the past. So he avoided it by illness, oddness, and self-imposed isolation. Really? A great line. Right? Really illness, oddness, stuff. and self-imposed isolation. Mm. It's going in my bio. <laughs> um, although, weirdly, he wrote that much. Uh, they went... Uh, People who went to his house remarked that he filmed something like seven rooms full of uh, manuscripts of, of writing and research, okay. which is in this fucking bananas estate. But he also didn't want to get too into writing mm-hmm. because he believed that novel writing uh, would make you sick. Uh, he was a total hypochondriac, and he thought that you would get ill if you wrote too many. He, the conflicting reports, some of them say that he, he thought if you wrote too much, you would mm-hmm. get ill. Uh, and right. some people say that he just thought if you wrote fiction, yeah. you'd get ill. That, okay. That you would get <laughs> novelists like right, yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. Or That's so weird, though, just because like, I feel like that story of uh, in the era, the Victorian era had that that uh, that thing of like he writes loads of manuscripts, but he'll never make it. I yeah. feel like that was a really popular or, or, or common narrative amongst those rich people. Those Absolutely, I think so. And I think what you have with a lot of aristocrats like this, I don't know, I think, I think he's a really interesting figure in a bunch of ways because the Victorian era is this time of insane change. I mean, everything changes. So many things are invented. The economy is revolutionized again and again and again. Um, the population uh, just explodes yeah. and Britain becomes a worldwide empire um, in such a sort of space of time, but it also becomes deeply reactionary and they become obsessed with kind of inventing traditions and looking back to the past, presumably because of this tension between modern life and weirdness. And so he seems to exemplify both of those things where like, he has all this free time, he has all this money, he writes all this shit, Mm. but it's going nowhere. And Was he born into uh, uh, rich? Yeah, so the Sidwells were this insanely rich family um, and he inherited all this wealth and this is all he did with it uh, is just finance his own weird project. (laughs) He did have one, he was big into gardening, bless him. Nice. uh, And he wrote a book called On the Making of Gardens uh, in 1909 which was actually relatively successful. Um, and I can, can I say I can so get down with Victorian era gardening? Oh my uh, god, stuff like I would just that would just gel with me so well. I think it's really good because it's not like oh I planted a rose bush. It's like uh, yeah. I've got a quote here about how whole whole lawns were raised by three feet in one year and then lowered again the next. So he wow. would just grow them out three and feet them of, down. Wow, that's of, insane. Of I don't know lawns. I'm guessing grass. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he he would pick up full-grown oaks and relocate them he would uh dig out lakes and then decide that the lake was in the wrong place and fill it in again and do it somewhere else yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um 
he would put lines of statues everywhere. I mean, it was like that's gardening. That's yeah, yeah, gardening, yeah, yeah. As opposed to like, that's legit. I had a, yeah. I had a basil plant and it died. <laughs> I had a cactus and it died. You couldn't keep that. I couldn't keep a cactus alive. Basil yeah. plants famously hard. Fucking. I, I remember. Cactus. What's the deal with the basil plant? Um, need a lot of sun. Okay. We don't. We don't have it. In spades. <laughs> <laughs> Those waxy ass leaves. But speaking of which, so I mentioned uh, Sir George's uh, health obsession. He thought writing made you ill. Uh, he also thought that, uh, and I relate to this personally, that disagreeing with him would make him ill. He famously had a big sign on his door when you entered that read, I must ask anyone entering the house never to contradict me in any way. <laughs> He said this, as, oh. as it interferes with the functioning of the gastric juices and prevents my sleeping at night. <laughs> How fucking amazing is that? I know you could just do that. Sign, <laughs> sign up that says, by the way, if you disagree with me, I will shit myself. <laughs> you fucker. And I won't be able to sleep. Please don't question any of my takes. They are uh, golden. Uh, <laughs> They're all perfect. Even the ones where I'm like, you know, Billie Eilish it belongs in the Taliban. <laughs> I, will, I swear to God, don't you cross me. I will wilt and die if you, <laughs> if you disagree with me. I am so fa- I am so faithful. That's what I think will happen. Like, just in terms of... That's how I feel yeah, 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 disagree yeah, yeah, yeah. with me. I'm like, oh, no. I remember oh, I had that God. with my stepmom because we were talking about, I was like, I'm not, I'm trying not to eat red meat for environmental reasons. She was like, but British beef is fine. And I did like, did it know enough? <laughs> and I was like... Oh, and I, I didn't at the time. I didn't know enough. That I was like, owns. Oh, uh, well, British cows don't <laughs> fart. Is that the claim? Yeah. It's she's yeah. British cows <laughs> hold it in <laughs> for Queen Victoria. That's and why they, it's juicy. That's <laughs> why it's juicy. They're straining all the time. Um, yeah, it's a. He was so obsessed with his health. In fact, uh, Sir George, uh, that. Uh, when he travelled, he kept this huge case of medicines with him, and he carefully mislabeled every single one so that they couldn't be tampered with. Mislabeled? Um, mislabeled. He knew the, mis- he knew well, the presumably, yeah, he knew that the morphine and the arsenic weren't the same thing. Oh, like, man. That's so fucking stupid. Like, I, I am not... Surely that led to more problems. Than... I, I respect... I respect the, cha- could, the, the chaos, the chaotic order neutral. chaos. That's the most chaotic neutral thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Like, I have my own set of medicines, but they're all labelled incorrect. Wow, he really, so he really was quite insular, it seems like, is the picture I'm getting. Deeply insular. So this, this is the common theme, is that he would constantly retreat further and further into uh, his strange I, I world. I kind of respect this. Did, is it known too. what his opinions were that he wouldn't want to talk about? Like, was he opinionated or was he just, like, didn't like... I think, to quote uh, his daughter, Edith, who we're going to come on to, because okay. she was very interesting, um, she said, My father's principal worry was that the world did not understand that it had been created in order to prove his theories. Aww. <laughs> Which is quite sad wow. and sweet. But, like, yeah, so it seems like he had a lot That's, of... Yeah. Obviously, he had a lot of opinions. He had a lot of views on many topics, but couldn't reconcile them with reality i think that's that's a roast that only a child can give about their their parent you know what i mean it's like it's one of those really victorian roasts as well though it's like <laughs> yeah. in her memoirs jane described her dad as the most solemn desolate <laughs> pathetic man i'd ever seen die <laughs> justly by his own hand i loved him it's just how they talk isn't it yeah, what's that book uh not adam bead the uh uh, Uncle, not Uncle Vanya, 
the one's like there's just there's so oh I can't remember but it was so many there was a book where it was like it's just about a sad rich guy who like bought all his friends and funded his kids' life and they didn't really like him. Oh god, like, dude, that's a lot of the Victorian. Novels, yeah, there's though. so many. Oh, it's so sad. I don't remember that. That that's is really sad. that is my degree. <laughs> uh, going into more weird things that uh, Sir George tried to escape reality from. This is probably the best thing he did, and this is the reason we're doing this, which is some of the inventions that he designed, uh, which is just Victorian invention culture. More, please. Mm. Oh, yeah. i got to have it. Um, so he drew up plans <laughs> for many strange things. One of them was uh, a musical toothbrush, which played music as you brushed and would stop. Man, he's ahead of his time. Ahead of his time, right? Yeah. I mean, he couldn't make it. I think. Did he brush he's... his tongue as well? Did he... <laughs> he brushed his tongue. He invented the, the floss pick and the... Uh, I'm doing a bit again. Okay, but... yeah. Your Dan looked at me is, with the earnest. Your bit voice my, is very similar to your regular voice, Rory. Too immersed in my regular. What you want me to? Oh, no, they do. Join the song. Here I go. Did he invent? Did he invent the floss pick as well? Uh, is this thing on? But yeah, no musical toothbrush, which presumably played. I don't know what the most popular beautiful, song beautiful. was then. Like the soundtrack to the film. Soundtrack to the film, footage of a plot man falling out a window <laughs> or something. I don't know what they were, what were the bops. <laughs> <laughs> oh. green, green sleeves. Okay, so what, what other uh, Yeah, and the other, uh, uh, another invention he invented was called the Sitwell egg, uh, which was not an egg. Uh, but oh, it was cool. it was it was a it was meant to be like a travel snack uh, I guess like a meal deal uh, that was like a yolk of smoked meat in the middle surrounded by white rice uh, and on my notes here I've just got in brackets I don't know why which impressed no one <laughs> no there, I know I'm what, not that impressed man you're supposed to, if you want egg fried rice you gotta mix in the egg no but that's it, that's like, like sushi dude that's like that's oh the, okay he's ahead of the London sushi bar trend as well did I mean, you come okay. On. Well, I mean, to be fair, the Japanese were at the sushi <laughs> trend. Like, he's doing some bullshit. This is like... Yeah, no, exactly. And it sucked. And it was probably like just colonizes like... colonizes sushi. Like, just shitty... Put a hunk of beef in the middle of some rice. <laughs> and you eat it with a spade. Um, he tried to get them stocked at Selfridges. I don't know if this is true. This is a hypocrisy. This is, story may not be accurate. But he apparently went to Selfridges mm-hmm. and met Mr. Selfridge and tried to get Selfridge, <laughs> Mr. Selfridge and tried to okay. get his egg stocked. Uh, How'd it he, go? Uh, he apparently laughed him out of the room, like literally laughed. Wow, which is badass. I don't know much about Mr. Selfridge, but it sounds Maybe like a candidate for a future. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> sounds like an absolute hero. Yeah, that's honestly. so good. Um, and then, of course, is undeniably his best invention that he designed was uh, a, a tiny pistol meant for the shooting of wasps. <laughs> I swear to God, he thought oh. that you could have when you were out, you know, walking the kind of the gentleman he is a walking in the park, you know, and sees a wasp and has to pop that he fucker. Is a god, he is a real one, man. That is exactly the level of uh, of tough guy that I, I, I relate to. <laughs> I need an Uzi yeah. to take on the wasp. It's like he stings you. It's like on site. <laughs> I like how you need it to be specifically small, so no one else exactly it had like small pellets, I think, and it would like it would like spray them again. And 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 you know what? From that invention, I remember reading that's where the Men in Black gun, which sends you flying back, is gone. (laughs) That's where it got to. They they, they went through his archive and they were like, "This motherfucker knows what's up." 
That is um, so funny. What a hero. I love it so much. Victorian inventing culture is just phenomenal. Is that when they just had money to fling at everything? Exactly. So, like, as, you know, uh, historians talk about the Victorian age, it's a weird time because, yeah, they have a huge amount of money and they're completely obsessed with science. Mm-hmm. But they're also a very superstitious people. You know, it's the age when, like, seances and, mm-hmm. and spiritualism and, um, you know, wide belief in folklore and fairies kind of yeah. makes a comeback. And so you get the marriage of these two things. So people will invent just, you know, yeah. welcome to my <laughs> ghost washer. In the future, we'll need these. <laughs> exactly, like, you, well, yeah. that's when you see the picture of the, the future and it's the, exactly. the Zeppelins with the, 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 the steampunk, the whole thing is like... Exactly. And I don't know what... I think steampunk, I don't know, but I think steampunk is a bit like... It's 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 one of these what people call lost futures. Do you know what I mean? It mm. was the thing people were talking about at the time where they and they didn't call it steampunk because they weren't fucking losers on Tumblr. I, but like, yeah, they they <laughs> thought that yeah they would they would colonize space with things powered by steam. And yes, on know. this on this history podcast, the steampunk demographic, we don't want you. <laughs> oh God, we really burnt a major fish. Um, Comedy say, historical yeah. podcast. Now oh, fuck him. We don't need you anymore. Yeah, your time, you were you were a, I, a viable demographic back in the days of tum- <laughs> Tumblr-commissioned fan art. I like London Dungeons as much as the next guy. I'm not going to make it my whole goddamn personality. Can, you do, can, you, can I pay $55 to the Stephen Arts? Can you do a steampunk um, Hannibal Lecter for me? And, and I will make it my Twitter bio. Fuck you. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was... You know, Who is I, this for, though? I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, people remember. You it's remember old too. Tumblr. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it still goes on. Hey, hey, those kept artists working. They paid the local artists. It's Who true. else can say that? No uh, major publication ever. Yeah, literally. Apparently. So, uh, Sitwell went on to live a deeply eccentric life. In 1901, he apparently had something of a nervous breakdown when uh, his wife, Lady Ida, became mm-hmm. entangled in a scandal because of all her debts because of... Uh, major oh, no. Yeah, so they grew <laughs> further and further apart, and he receded more and more into his strange hobbies. He spent a lot of time in Italy. He was something of an Italian weeb. Uh, he thought that Italy was really cool. Uh, don't shake your head at me. <laughs> uh, like he likes Italian uh, stories as well, or like Italian literature. Why stories in particular? Because you said weeb, so... Oh, like... sorry, no, I meant, no. he liked statues and <laughs> Italian gardening and Italian food. Okay. He was seen in, like, full dinner dress, walking around, like, tiny Italian inns I fought with this guy big time, man. <laughs> uh, Sir George uh, bought a castle in Tuscany and moved there in 1909. Okay. Uh, with only his valet for company. Uh, he became something of a recluse. Um, uh, in 1915, uh, Lady Setwell was taken to court and sentenced uh, to three months... Uh, jail time for fraud because she'd been deceiving oh, the banks about how much money she had. Uh, and he didn't even come back uh, when, she, uh, when she was placed into jail. Um, she died in prison? No, she was let out a few years later and once she was let out the relationship kind of thought but they were so, it was so bad that he didn't even come back to England when his... See, that sucks, you know, because it's like what being married to like a politician would be like now it's a real life ruiner like everyone you can't break up if you're like a lord you can't divorce you just live in the house and everyone knows you're miserable probably exactly yeah and you yeah you retreat to your separate castles and you get really into gardening and you invent you know a shotgun to to deal with slugs honey now she'll love me (laughs) i can kill the wasps with a tiny gun (laughs) i've built uh (laughs) I've built this steam-powered contraption for going over rickety rope bridges. <laughs> so Sir George's family were also very interesting. Uh, he had okay. three children, uh, Osbert Secheverell, weird name, 
uh, and Edith. Edith. Uh, who Edith in particular, they all became famous writers in mm -hmm. London. Edith in particular is regarded as quite a serious and important mm -hmm. poet for the modernist movement. Uh, she was very okay. friendly with Virginia Woolf. Um, Osbert's uh, four-volume memoir, which, mm -hmm. come on, lad, like, you know, edit it down. <laughs> You're not that interesting. <laughs> um, uh, memorialized uh, his father a great deal. Uh, and uh, weirdly, and this is one of my favorite things about it, and I didn't okay. know this going in, uh, Edith Sitwell uh, wrote a book called English Eccentrics because she okay. was obsessed with eccentricity okay. and great wealth and strangeness. Yes. One of her poems begins, mm. let me sing here the praises of the extravagant and Lord extravagance itself, which that could, could be, be the a fucking motto man. for this podcast. Yeah. Oh like, man, she gets us. Worry. Yeah. Eccentricity, she wrote, exists particularly in the English and partly, I think, because of that peculiar and satisfactory knowledge of infallibility that is the hallmark and the birthright of the British nation. Wow. So we think we write. We're, yeah. very, we're very stubborn. Man, we are really testing that we nowadays. Think we're right. And forever. But yeah. right. Weirdly enough, she didn't write much about her own father, um, but she wrote about various uh, eccentric historical figures from history. And she was also deeply strange. Mm -hmm. um, she was said to have worn clothes of the finest silks and velvets with rings the size of ice cubes, mm. which is a weird frame of reference because ice cubes change size, but fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, they mean Ice Cube's the rapper. He <laughs> is, is the size of Ice Cube's, man. He really fucking... Ice Cube's name isn't plural, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ice Cube's. <laughs> Several cubes. Um, uh, Virginia Woolf is said to have described her as resembling an ivory elephant, majestic, monumental, and old empress. Nice. Which is pretty fucking badass. Yeah. That's, uh, and I can love the ivory, don't they? They love referencing They're obsessed with that old ivory. Material. They're obsessed with it. Uh, <laughs> You're always on about that ivory. <laughs> Edith Sitwell was also said to uh, have gotten extremely into her role uh, as bohemian poet. Uh, nice. And, did a, and did, a series <laughs> of, uh, did a series of stage performances uh, called Facade in 1922, where she read out a series of abstract poems, poems through a megaphone mm -hmm. uh, that was stuck out of the head, painted on a large curtain, mm -hmm. uh, behind which was her uh, and a seven-piece jazz band. Wow. Which is one of the most badass spoken word poetry things. That is so choice. Heard. No, I actually love that. I was ready to slam her for, <laughs> um, for being a nerd, but like, that actually, yeah, I love that. This family did everything up. They were extremely out there. Um, it's wild that every one of them was out there. Like, there's not, there is like, just, there's a bonkers facet of every one of them. It's fascinating. It's deeply yeah. strange. And, and that, uh, apparently, I haven't read a ton of her poetry, but mm -hmm. apparently Edith's poems are full of this, like, obsession with with wealth and extravagance yeah. uh, and and the kind of the sort of frivolous beauty that her father was really obsessed with. She mm. didn't write much about her father at all, but yeah. she seemed to write about all the things that were related to him, yeah. like other eccentrics. Um, Osbert, uh, Sir George's son, mm -hmm. uh, said that uh, he was adept at taking hold of the wrong end of a thousand sticks, oh. yet when by chance he seized the right end, his grasp of it was, was remarkable because of the intellectual power and application, as well as the learning which he brought to his task. That feels like um, the edit of the last quote. <laughs> you know, the really damning one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's like, someone just like, what I think she means is he, that he, he, he really grasped a lot went of, yeah. for it. Yeah, he grasped a lot of sticks. A lot of good phrasing. Like, I really no. like the, 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 the phraseology of the, these fools. It's really good. So yeah, all yeah, these people, go, yeah, more, yeah. more quotes include that Edith described her father's valet, Henry Moat, as looking like an enormous purple benevolent hippopotamus with a voice like some foghorn endowed with splendor 
Oh, I like that. That's really Foghorn, fucking good. Foghorn Endowed with Foghorn Splendor. Foghorn Endowed with Splendor is the most choice fucking name this for... This is really good. Like, I don't know, podcast content yeah. or something. Oh, man. So, Sir George died in 1943. Oh. Um, something <laughs> of a recluse and having left behind strange relationship with his family. But I think I, you know, like the story of someone who's deeply... I don't know, I... I slightly relate to the feelings of, you know, disillusionment and mm-hmm. confusion and retreating into strange hobbies mm-hmm. and stuff. And I think I see a lot of that in people I know. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's quite a human story, you know? Yeah, definitely. I gotta say, I really love this guy. Yeah. I really love, it was a totally, I, I really didn't know what, what, you, what to expect mm-hmm. with what you brought. And you really brought it. Like, it's totally <laughs> different to, to last week as well. I really like it. Yeah. Um, right, I think... We've reached the point of the Wonka scale. The Wonka scale. Okay, we're gonna do. The Wonka uh, scale. So the Wonka scale is where we rate the um, the vision, the eccentricities, and the productivity. Was it of the or, or the? Uh, um... I thought last time the way we did it was just the like the 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 vision and the way we respect what they did with their money, mm-hmm. and then the on a, and another the morality, attempt and yeah. the morality. And we yeah. try and balance that in an eternal mathematical schism <laughs> that we have not, which is outlined, impossible to do, and we shan't outline. Okay, do you want to go first? I scale. So two ratings out of ten. One Ooh. for how how much you respect this use of money, and the mm. second for how morally worse. There's a few things George Sitwell did that weren't cool that I didn't mention. Uh, well, but I'm just going to leave them. Week? Well, actually, <laughs> uh, his wife made Edith wear a back and face brace to try and correct her oh. posture and her rather distinctively large nose. But I don't think that was him. I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? To say. Someone did that. We don't really. L- lady, know who it lady, was. I, it's, some some I can't say it was the wife. Some I can't say. It okay, was cool. Husband. And I, I don't think they were communicating much on parenting techniques. Okay, well, that's not as bad as mass murder, which is something true, which is that what I like some of these do. people were getting into. Um, I do really love the inventions, even though there's, and I like his, uh, I like his poetry, and I like that he had a lot of creative pursuits and was mm-hmm, like trying mm-hmm. a lot of different ideas and was sort of lost in his time. Mm-hmm. Um, produ- industriousness mm-hmm. of the Wong scale not great mm-hmm. he didn't really go anywhere with any of them no true uh, vision uh, uh, top top tier I, I love all his ideas <laughs> I love the general vibe I love his but I think he was also kind of an idiot so on the Wonka scale I think a solid I'm gonna have to rush you yes no no um, I'm kidding I'm going to go seven. Seven. Because I really, a lot of this gelled, I really loved a lot of this vision stuff Mm -hmm, and his phraseology. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think he's brought down by the other things not going anywhere and some of the morality. Um, What would you say? I agree. I think think, think I'm going to go as high as an eight. I think uh, morally questionable to withdraw so much from, you know, his life and his family. But I just... Yeah, I respect the weird use of inherited wealth mm-hmm. and that kind of absurd Victorian industrious mm-hmm. spirit that just goes nowhere, just totally melts yeah. into air. Because there's too much money, there's too much desire to create things and mm. invent, and too much faith in science. There's uh, a lot of things to reinvent things as well. Exactly, it seems like yeah. very hinged on a sensibility while trying to, to, to challenge that sensibility in a way that felt uh, counterintuitive, yeah. like pulling away from each other. I agree. Which I really like. Um, what a guy. I really like this story. That's I'm really down with this. I really, uh, yeah. So that's Sir George Sitwell, uh, inventor, weirdo, writer, 
a uh, guy you couldn't disagree with or he shit so bad he couldn't sleep. Uh, <laughs> Gunslinger of the wasps. <laughs> Gunslinger, feared by the wasps. Um, yeah, quite the <laughs> clever man. Why don't we end on this? I've come up with a little game okay, for us I'm to play. Super uh, which is based on the writings of Edith Sitwell, who, like us, was obsessed with weird rich people who okay. did a lot of strange stuff with their money. I love so it. Edith Sitwell wrote a book called English Eccentrics, which is out of print, but I was able to find a lot, find a lot about it. And I'm going to give you a couple of... Uh, uh, hypothetical people that she uh, okay. describes in the book, some of which are real, some of which I've made up. Okay. Uh, and uh, we're going <laughs> Okay, to be... yeah, 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 I'm really down. So I'm this really game is called this, yeah. uh, Real Eccentric or Some Bullshit I Made Up. Um, so, okay. Sync, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, real or fake, Romeo Coates, uh, a 17th century actor, uh, no, 18th century actor, sorry, who rode around in a carriage shaped like a scallop shell painted a deep blue with a giant ornamental cockerel on the front. I'm going to say fake, and not because of the the thing, but because Coates is a bullshit name. <laughs> that can't be real. I'm sorry. Coates with an E. like. No, I know. I, I know how it sounds. How the heck is he Coates? Yeah. Is that your final answer? You're going to say no. Yeah. Coates. Instant no. Is it real? <laughs> it is real. Oh, so, man. Real. Uh, uh, he rode around in this ridiculous <laughs> thing with, with two white horses, and emblazoned onto it was the motto, While I live, I'll crow. Uh, which <laughs> no, no, no! Swear to God, is that a pun? <laughs> I think on the cockerel, yeah. Like, well, I live all crow, baby. <laughs> Can't how, stop me posting. I live how I grow, man. I live how I grow. Wow, he's a real guy. He was That's an, like a stoner thing. Though, yeah, it's yeah. very like I live how I grow. Uh, he was an actor, uh, and he he appeared in uh, some of Shakespeare's plays. He appeared before, not when Shakespeare was alive. Uh, he w- would appear before his audience in spangly clothing of reds oh and God. blues with big tights and diamonds and apparently he looked way too ridiculous and he performed everything too up that uh, as Sitwell wrote in his hands tragedy lost all her gloom so wow what a what a review badass but well no it wasn't such a good review because in one performance oh. in Richmond uh, he performed Romeo's death scene uh, which caused a group of young men to laugh so hard they had to be carried into open air <laughs> to receive medical attention <laughs> So he did. He performed everything wow. like sketch comedy. That's showbiz, man. That's fucking <laughs> That's wow. That's rough. This is a guy I feel like maybe we should have done. Most of them she goes into not a ton of detail. We should draw on these for future episodes, perhaps. I think we should. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I thought some of okay, the first are real. The okay, round? so the next one. That's class, though. That's okay. a good one. Real or fake? Lady Lucen of Quirkenwell, who never washed her face for fear of disease and instead smeared herself with hog's lard in the hopes that it would keep her young. See, I'm all messed up now because I was so sure Coates was bullshit. <laughs> but also your choice of words with the hog's lard and, and it sounds like... Sound like me. It sounds like, it sounds like what we talk about when we talk about how weird the past was. So I'm going to say fake. It's also real. God damn it! <laughs> God fucking The past damn was it, crazy man. and also Edith is clearly on our wavelength. She picks people who are like us. She smeared her face with hog's lard Against the cold rather than fire. So she wouldn't melt it. That was part of the thing, which I can't imagine smearing lard on cold. And she lived till she was 87, and she was said to look like a skeleton remade. That's not nothing in the past, though. 87 in the past is like 109 now. Edith, can I say, can you come on the pod? Edith's got to be on the pod. Edith's got to be on the pod. Last one. Okay, the Duchess of Edinburgh from the 18th century, who was said to detest Scotland so much (laughs) that she imported everything she used. All of her tea was imported from England. 
She imported fine birds for roasting like goose and turkeys from American colonies like Lobsters New England's imported from me. <laughs> okay, you've rumbled my bit. Because uh, I oh wrote no. this and I re <laughs> <laughs> I rewrote the whole thing. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. No, keep going, I wanna hear it. No, I mean it's just the bit. It's Oh no, I'm I put sorry. imported no, I love that you got it so fast. <laughs> We're such trash. Okay, so I was like, I shall say the joke. <laughs> I, I was, was gonna get I thought, to go. I thought you were gonna go. I thought you were gonna go. No, they're all real, and fuck you. <laughs> no, I was gonna go. I was hoping you'd say they're all real, and I go. No, that one uh, is the Sharpe lyrics rewritten. Oh. But you got it immediately. You because you watch it every it night. No, no, this is late. it. This stays in. <laughs> well, shake my hands. So we're on the too much of the same wavelength. <laughs> Okay, that says a lot about this podcast. I, I, should, I feel you know like what? I should just let you finish. <laughs> that's 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 okay. a real learning curve. It's okay. So for anyone who didn't understand what just happened, is that that was a <laughs> song from High School Musical, and I rewrote it as a rich person, uh, and Dan immediately got it, even though I rephrased it. Mm. Uh, good stuff. I think that could work as a bit still. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. Leave it in. Leave it in <laughs> to show you. We'll do it what happens. <laughs> Fuck it! <laughs> Man, what a dude. What a guy. Sir George Sitwell. Um, so, next time, we'll be talking about someone else that Dan yes. will have researched. Uh, who I will... I have some ideas, but I need to choose uh, choose that. That was class, man. I really enjoyed I'm that. But that's well, another... I hope the listeners enjoyed it as well. Yes, we hope you listened. Hope you checked it out. in Radio Land. Yeah. <laughs> that was another episode of That's Rich podcast. Yeah. Uh, we, re I, re I had a great time. Do you I want to plug you ourselves too. again? Yeah. Um, I, I'm on. Yeah, I'm on all the social media. I'm on Facebook, uh, Daniel Kion, uh, Twitter, I a fool, uh, with underscores in between. I underscore uh, a underscore fool. Underscore at the end. Yeah, I underscore full, uh, and on Instagram at Daniel underscore McKeown. I also do comedy where you can catch up all the. I post all of that stuff there, and you. It's great. Uh, again, my name's Rory. I'm on Twitter at Rory Kelly tweets, which is pompous, uh, and I, a YouTube channel is forthcoming. Uh, so you'll be able to find my writing and stuff at a blog that I will also post here in the future. It's not ready. Stop. <laughs> it's not like like uh, we'll record an episode soon where it will be much like wool gathering in medieval times and since <laughs> my my podcasts are unready um but yes thank you so much for listening if you are we really are trying to find our feet and, and think this is we we i've enjoyed really doing this and we're really getting it i think Me we're really too. getting into it so please stay with us and uh tune in next time uh for another episode of that's rich i've been daniel i've been rory and see bye -bye. you later bye, bye.